Man, what a blessing today is. It is truly a blessed day. It's, it's a blessing that we get to gather in His name right here. It's a blessing that we got some snow this week. You know, it wasn't a lot, but it was moisture. And so we'll take any moisture that the Lord will bless us with, and that is good. Welcome to the church in the middle of nowhere. We're an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. Welcome to Beecher Island. That's who we are, and if you're new with us, thank you for being here. Uh, we're excited for you to be here, and um, today is good. Today is good, and I'm excited about where we're headed. Uh, I, I wrote something on my sermon here, and I was trying to remember what I wrote. And, and uh, <laughs> if, uh, if you weren't here in class, the front of this church looks a little different. Um, I, I will tell you that it's not operational yet, but it's going to be. We're going to have new sound. We're going to have all the stuff that we've been working on for a year. It's all going to be... Uh, in place before January 1st. We'll go with that. Is that right, Drew? Yeah, yeah. all right. <laughs> Fair enough, right? We're going to have it in place. Uh, um, and so we're excited about that. And, and uh, thank you for having patience with with uh, the leadership of the church trying to get it all underway. And uh, it's been a process, and, and uh, we'll, we'll get it all operational here, here soon. If you will, open up your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah chapter 2. We... Uh, We've just started into to the book of Nehemiah. And, and I said the first time that, hey, I'm not going to go through it verse by verse. I'm, I'm going to do more of an overview. And then I find myself writing it verse by verse. And so <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> but I love Nehemiah. I, I love this book. I love the man that Nehemiah was. And, and I love the, the story, the account that we have of him and what he's done. And, and it's really hard for me not to break some of these verses down and what we're being told and what, what Nehemiah's doing. And so I'm going to try to keep it the overview of Nehemiah, but forgive me when I dive into the scripture <laughs> and verse by verse, but it's so good. Um, you know, last week we talked about this, this time span between chapter one and chapter two, three or four months. Uh, we, we talked about that that Nehemiah, we have to assume that he was in prayer. We know when he got word of, of what was going on in Jerusalem that he, he weeped and mourned for Jerusalem and for the people of Jerusalem, for God's people. And, and he mourned, and it said that he prayed and fasted in that time. And so we, so we have to assume in that three to four months that he prayed and fasted also. I don't think he fasted for four months, don't get me wrong, but he prayed in that time. He, he sought God in that time, and God put something on his heart. We'll get to that today. But, you know, we talked about Nehemiah getting the opportunity to talk to the king. It was four months later. He knew what, what the situation was. He knew what God had put on his heart. He had been praying about it, and he took his time before he talked to the king. And God orchestrated the detail. I truly believe that. God orchestrated the detail of making Nehemiah's face be sad that day. That day the king's heart was ready. That day Nehemiah had the courage and the strength to, to ask for what God had put on his heart. 
And he asked the king for permission to go to Jerusalem, but he didn't stop there. No, he asked for permission, and then, and then he said, well, while you're at it and you've given me permission, why don't you go ahead and grant me a, a letter to the king so that way I can get through all the areas I need to get through to get to Jerusalem. But more than that, why don't you also uh, give me a letter so I can get all the wood that I need in order to build what I need to build. And the king granted it all to him. And I said it now to make sure that, that as we take this for ourselves, and make sure that we are, we are not stopping short of the full cup that God has for each one of us. Make sure that you're not just okay with permission. Seek the whole provision that God has for you in your life. And as we step into the second part of chapter 2 of Nehemiah, we get to, get to see Nehemiah actually go to Jerusalem. But I want us to pay attention to the fact that he doesn't just come riding in blazing, <laughs> shouting orders and screaming to everybody what they're going to do and what God has put on his heart. No, he rides in in silence. And he surveys the situation. And so I want you to keep that in mind as we read Nehemiah chapter 2, starting in verse 11, if you'll turn there with me. Nehemiah chapter 2, starting verse 11. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Then I arose in the night, I and a few men with me. I told no one what my God had put in my heart. If that one's not highlighted in your Bible, go ahead and highlight it. Go ahead and underline it. Go ahead and start it. I don't care what you do, but put an asterisk there. That's a verse to come back to. I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem, nor was there any animal with me except the one on which I rode. And I went out by night through the valley gate to the serpent well and to the dung gate and viewed the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down and its gates which were burned with fire. Then I went on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal under me to pass. So I went up in the night by the valley and viewed the wall. Then I turned back and entered by the valley gate and so returned. And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or the others who did the work. Then I said to them, you see the distress that we are in? How Jerusalem lies waste, and its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the walls of Jerusalem, that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me. And so, and, and also of the king's word that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. But when Sambalot the Hornite, Tobiah the Ammonite, official, and the Geshem, to, and Geshem the Arab heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us and said, what is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? So I answered them and said to them, the God of heaven himself, 
will prosper us. Therefore, we His servants will arise and build, but you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. Amen, amen. What a, what a set of Scripture we have of this account of Nehemiah. Nehemiah took three days to look over this situation, to survey it all, to survey the damage, to, to think through what the game plan was going to be. He made sure to think through all of it before he spoke. Just as Jesus said, Jesus, Jesus tells us to be slow to speak and quick to listen. That's exactly what Nehemiah did. Sir? So much to learn from this calm, cool, and collected dude. <laughs> we were at a livestock show one time, and during the showmanship, uh, a judge was, was talking to showmanship classes, and, and uh, this one particular person, he said, you know, you're the cool cat this whole deal. Nehemiah was the cool cat. He was just, just calm as could be, I think. As I read this account, he, he wasn't firing off. He was saying, whatever you want me to do, God. Whatever you want me to do. Nehemiah didn't have that trouble of just spouting off like I know that I can do myself. I can become informed of a situation. And then instantly, wow, stuff's coming out of my mouth that shouldn't. <laughs> I think I'm helping this situation and really I'm hurting the situation. The cool cat Nehemiah didn't have that problem. He was there three days and did not tell anybody what God had put on his heart. I said you should highlight that master. God does put stuff on your heart. Listen to me. He will put stuff on your heart if you'll open your heart to Him. He'll put stuff on your heart. The Holy Spirit that is within you will put stuff on your heart. Whether you hear it verbally or just you know that, man, this is from God, that's for you. But listen to me. God puts stuff on your heart for Him and His will. And on the third night, He left out on horse with a few men. And he goes riding around to, to survey the situation. And he, and he started and ended his journey at the same gate. I find it interesting that one gate in particular is pointed out. The dumb gate. The, uh, the Brook Kidron, if you remember this. The Brook Kidron that we talked about in John ran through the dumb gate. You know, Jesus crossed the brook Kidron to go into the garden. But if, and when you think about that, it's maybe a beautiful picture. But if you remember what I told you about the brook Kidron, it's a sewer system. It's, it's not a beautiful stream running through this gate. It is the sewer system. Hence the name Dumb Gate. I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> Nehemiah continued, though, to ride around the city wall and... and, and Survey everything. And I, and I want you to picture what he had to be seen. I want you to picture in your mind the rubble, the destruction that has taken place. There was a point he even points out that he couldn't even move over where the wall was destroyed because there wasn't enough room. The, there was such a pile of rubble. All the gates being burned. There wasn't anything left. I mean, it was just a pile. This, this wall was not a pretty picture. 
You know, uh, Nehemiah, though, rides back in. Nobody knowing that he went out and surveyed everything. Again, Nehemiah prayed. And he comes into the city knowing what to do. Knowing what's going to take place because the good Lord is leading him. And, and then, he, then he sits down and he starts to talk with them. Share his game plan. You know, like I said, he could have easily just come riding into the city and, and told everybody what they were going to do. Told, told them how they were going to build. But we know that he did you know, I think when we do that, when we come and ride in and just go to go to shouting orders, barking orders, it puts people on edge. I think that in that, Nehemiah, if he would have done that, people would have instantly said, I don't know about your game plan. I don't know about that. People would have started doubting him. People would have said, well, wait a minute, we could upset somebody in doing this. But he didn't do that. He waited three days. He, he surveyed the situation. And then we get to verse 17. Then I said to them, you see the bad situation we're in? That Jerusalem is desolate and its gates burned by fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem so that we will no longer be a reproach. He stated the facts. He didn't sugarcoat it. He said exactly what had taken place. They knew it. They looked at it every day. They knew what the situation was. And it wasn't good. But he said, we can rebuild. We can rebuild so that we will no longer be a disappointment. A disappointment to ourselves. A disappointment to those all that are looking in on us. It will no longer be a disappointment to our God. Because then Nehemiah gives them, I think, a great motivational speech. Verse 18. He says, I told them how the hand of my God had been favorable to me and also about the king's words which he had spoken to me. Just think about that. He didn't just tell them this little blurb there. I think he told them of his journey from four months ago. And he said, look how, God has, how God's hand has been on me and His favor has been on us. And I'm here today to tell you we're going to rebuild the wall. And I think they had to celebrate. We know that, right? He said, look at what God has done to bring me here. And His hand is on me. And let me tell you, He wasn't boasting in Himself. He was boasting in God and what God has done. By no means was He sticking His chest out saying, look at me. But He's saying, look at my God. Church, look at what God has done in this church. Look at what God's hand has done in this church. He has been favorable in this church right here. A time back, somebody could have said, you know, uh, we're in a pretty bad situation. My guess is it was said. During that same time, I promise you, I said, in my situation, I'm in a pretty bad situation. You know what? 
God's hand has been favorable on this church and in my life. I mean, truly, look at the look at the talent of people who the gifts of the people who are musically talented in this church. I'm just going to tell you, it's not normal to have this many people in this size of church to be part of our, our, our music team, the pianos, the, the everything. It's not normal. But yet God has favor on this church. And it's amazing the talent that we have in this church musically. It is awesome. When I left the last church, I told God, I no longer will preach for you. And then God got a hold of me. And I went from saying, God, I'm not preaching for you anymore, to God, I pray that my heart and my mind is open to whatever you want me to preach. God's hand is on this church. God's favor is on this church. But I tell you what, I don't want to be comfortable with that. I don't want to be, be comfortable with just being okay with where we're at. There's a great work to be done. Inside and outside of these walls, there is a great work to be done. We absolutely need to survey the situation. We absolutely need to be praying about it. But listen to me. When the Lord calls us to stand to rise up and build, I pray we're ready to build. Pray we're ready to do whatever He has in store for us. <clears throat> See, they said, let us arise and build. That was their words. When, when Nehemiah is talking to him and he gives him this big motivational speech, which I wish that I could do, but Nehemiah had to just spew words out that made people excited. And they said, let us arise and build. So they put their hands to the good work is what the Scripture says. Let us, arise, let us arise and build church. Let us arise and build, build a kingdom. See, the question is, are we putting our hands to the good work of making disciples of our community? When was the last time you invited a person to have a relationship with Jesus Christ? When was the last time that you invited somebody to your house for dinner just so that maybe, just maybe, the conversation will come up of who Jesus is? When was the last time that you invited somebody to come sit beside you in this church? Youth group. Youth group, this is your question. Youth group, when was the last time you invited somebody to come join youth group? When was the last time that you invited a friend to come along? And I'm not being hard on you. I'm just speaking truth. Okay, and I'm preaching to myself too right now. Let us arise and build. Let us arise and build in God's will. But listen, it's not just about this church. It's not just about this church. It's about your own walk too. Are you rising up to build what God has put in front of you? Are you putting your hands to the good work for what God has for you in your family? In your, in your relationships? In your job? In your career? In, in your business? In your church? 
But listen, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. The, the, just as we talked about, about our 40 days of fasting and, and 24 hours of prayer at the end of it, I should say 40 days of fasting and praying that we're going to do in January. We better armor up. It's going to be good. It's going to be awesome, but it's going to be tough. You see, the walls were destroyed. It was in a pile. It was going to be hard work for them. It was going to take great dedication. People laughed at them and mocked. Verse 19, But when Sanballat the Hornite and Tobiah the Ammonite official and Geshem the Arab <coughs> heard it, they mocked us and despised us and said, What is this that you're doing? Are you rebelling against the king? Look, any time that we arise and build for God, any time that we arise and put our hands to work for Him, we will be ridiculed and mocked and laughed at. Just as Jesus says in John 15, 18 through 19. He says, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Anytime we step out in the will of God and put our hands to His work, we will face ridicule. We will face the hatred of this world. But, not, but, but let us not stop at, at being comfortable with inside these walls. Let us rise up and put our hands to work for the good Lord and His will in our life and in our church. We need to answer the same thing that Nehemiah did when we face the mocking and the ridiculing. Verse 20, So I answered them and said to them, The God of heaven will give us success. The God of heaven will give us success. Therefore we, His servants, <clears throat> will arise and build. But you have no portion, right, or memorial in Jerusalem. Amen, amen. Church, look at what he's saying to us. Look at what he's saying to him. They are trying to knock him down. They're trying to, to, to make him feel stupid for what he's trying to do. Laughing at him. What are you gonna? What are you gonna do? And he says, Boys, my God's bigger than you are. My God is bigger than you can even imagine. And he will grant me success. He will grant all of us success in what we're gonna do. You have nothing to stop God's will. Amen. Church, are there people in your life right now trying to knock you down? Are there people in your life trying to ridicule you for being in God's will? Are there people trying to, to make you put your focus somewhere else than on the will of God for your life? I pray that you say the same thing that Nehemiah did. My God is bigger than you. And He will give me success and power and courage to do the things that my God has for me to do. Church, this world will tell you that you don't need a God. This world will tell you that you don't need church. That organized religion is for the weak. 
It's just good to, to put your kids in there for a while so they learn good moral standards. But then after that, ah, it's all good. I pray your response is the God of heaven will give us success. Will give us success, therefore his, therefore we, his servants, will arise and build. Will arise and build. Church, when you're faced with things that are way bigger than you are, when you're faced with things that you say, I don't even know where to start, God. I don't even know where to start. No. But if you put your heart and your mind on what God's will is, He will lead the way. I can't imagine the overwhelming feeling that Nehemiah had when he was told of Jerusalem. And then when God put it on his heart of what he's going to do, I can't imagine even thinking about, oh yeah, right, God. You want me to go to Jerusalem? How far am I away from Jerusalem? And you want me to go there and do what? See, when your thoughts start becoming doubt, remember who your God is. Remember who your God is. And if it's his will, make sure that you're telling yourself and anyone who stands in your way the hand of my God, the hand of my God has been favorable to me. The God of heaven will give us success. If we are in his will seeking what he wants us to do, he will give us success. And therefore, we as his servants should arise and build. And tell all of our enemies and the main enemy, you have no portion, right, or memorial in the will of my God. Church, are you ready to rise and build for Him? Are you ready to step out of the comfort zone of the walls of this church, the comfort zone of the box that you have, you have made for yourself and say, I want to rise and build. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that means. But are we ready to rise and build? I pray that we can do this as a church. I pray that we can do this as individuals. I pray that when, when we face the mocking, because we will, that we will step even closer to our God and know that His hand is on us. His hand is on us. I pray that our eyes are open to His will. I pray that our eyes are open to whatever He has for us. I'm excited about where God's leading it was God's detail orchestration that He put us in Nehemiah right now. And I think that everything that is, that is getting poured out is going to be amazing. So I will just encourage you, please, please continue to come every Sunday morning. Please start being prepared to scoop in a little bit in your seats because there might be another person sit, wanting to sit in the pew. We might need to put some more chairs in the back. And it's not for this church. I'm telling you, it's not for this church. It's for the head, for the kingdom. Bringing people to heaven. Because I want us to be serious about arising and building the kingdom. I don't want to be about building Beach Rock. I want to be about building relationships with Jesus Christ. I want to be about making sure that people know who Jesus is. And it's their choice at the end of the day whether they want to accept Him or not. But listen, 
I've already said it a couple of times, but I'm going to say it again. I'm tired of keeping Jesus to myself. I want to be about making disciples of our community. Church, are we ready to arise and build? Build our community for the kingdom. I'm going to invite the praise team to come on up. <clears throat> but I just want to say this, church, if you're struggling with something in your life right now, if you have some mocking that's going on in your life, if you have some struggles that are holding you back from rising up, I want to pray with you this morning. Listen, we all have times in our life where we feel like, like the evil one is pursuing and the world helps him. So if you have that in your life right now, I would love to pray with you. I would love to help you in your journey. Lay that down at his feet and say, <clears throat> you're all power, God. You're all power. So when we stand and sing here in just a minute, if, if you would like to do that, I'm up here to pray with you. the question do you have the assurance of heaven and if your answer is I hope so I want you to listen to me I don't care if you've been sitting in here one day or 40 years today's the day to know that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God and that you don't have to check a bunch of boxes. You don't have to do all these works to know that you have the assurance of salvation. Jesus says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. I want you to know that this morning. And if you've been sitting here and, and for, for one day or 40 years and you can't say I have the assurance of heaven, Today, right now, confess Jesus Christ as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead and you will be saved. That's what God's Word says. It's not my words, it's His words. It says this is eternal life. John 17, 3, this is eternal life. To know the Father and to know the Son. And to believe in them. Today, Make that your choice so that you can know, you can know, you can know that you have heaven because of Jesus Christ. Today, today do that. And if you've done that, but you have not been baptized, lay down the excuses. Lay down anything that's stopping you from stepping in that water saying, Jesus, you are the King and you are the Lord of my life. Come talk to me. If you're confessing Him today, or you want to be baptized, or you just need prayer, come and pray with me as we stand and sing. Let's go to Him first in prayer. Father God, I thank You for this, this book of Nehemiah. The, the, the account of Him and, and, and what You laid on His heart. Father, I thank You that Nehemiah rose to the occasion. He could have just as easily said, no, I don't think so. Not this time, God. 
That's bigger than me. But now we said, you, God, you have your hand on me and I'll go and do whatever you want me to do. And Lord, I pray that we say the same thing this morning. Your hand, Father, is on us. And we'll do whatever you have us do. Lord, thank you. Thank you for each person here this morning. And I pray that if they have not accepted you, that they do that this morning. I pray that if they have something heavy on their heart, that, lay the, that they lay it at your feet. And if they want, they want to pray, <clears throat> Lord, I pray that you give them the courage to come forward. And we just lay it at your feet in that time of prayer. Lord, I pray that you bless this week. That you have your hand upon us and we see your hand upon us as we walk through this week. And I pray, Lord, that we shine your light, that we become serious about telling people about you. Lord, I pray that we arise and build your kingdom the way you want us to. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.